Chief Dog Nation, I'm so excited to bring you who is on my podcast. You may or may not have heard his music on my podcast. And if you haven't, then you've been under a fucking rock because I put it on here every chance I get. We have one-time music on our podcast. He is a fellow law enforcement officer. One time, I'm so excited to have you here. Can you please introduce yourself to us? What up? This is one time. Yes, it is. Like, I'm happy to be here. You know what I mean? I really, this is the first time I'm doing this, too. So it's going to be a good honor to be on your podcast. We're excited to have you. So tell us, tell us who, who is one time? Uh, well, first off, I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a, you know, dog father. I'm a, a you know, public service member. You know, I serve my community for a living. That's been my life calling. So that's who I am, uh, you know, professionally, right? It's just who I am. But then the other side is the, the artist, uh, or hip hop artist, rap artist, but, you know, really just artists at the end of the day. Uh, that's, that's the other person who I am. So. Now, so are you, you are, you, I know, I know this answer, but I'm just asking it. Can you, you've been in law enforcement. You started out when you were younger, you were in law enforcement. Yeah. So, um, you know, getting started was like different for me because I was 21. Just get, you know, your badge and gun is when you're 21. Mm -hmm. So in South Carolina, uh, you know, kind of a quick backstory is I was a division one, uh, athlete. I was a super prep All-American, blue chip All-American, um, you know, out of Georgia, elite 11 quarterback uh, coming out of uh, Atlanta, Georgia, went to University of South Carolina on the full scholarship, uh, played under coach Lou Holtz for two seasons. Um, and I'll, I'll say things just didn't work out too well with Skip Holtz and I, and I ended up transferring to South Carolina State University. And um, you know, I was fortunate enough to be on the championship team, um, but then it got too political, and I said, you know what, I'm not, I'm done with this football stuff. And in turn, you know, I didn't finish school, but I was left, you know, stuck in a predicament where I needed to be. Um, and you'll hear this in my music if you listen, but you know, I had to, you know, pick a job. You know, in Orangeburg, South Carolina, where I started law enforcement at, is is a very rural area. And um, you could, a nurse was a career, you could be a nurse, you could work in a plant, or you could work at, uh, you know, getting law enforcement. And, you know, for me, I wasn't working in a plant, and I didn't have a degree or a skill set to be a nurse. So I went to Orangeburg, South, uh, Orangeburg Department of Public Safety, um, and, and that's why I started my career at 21. I think it was May, May 5th, 2005, I started. Wow. And yeah, and Will Duell had it. We, you know, went to the police academy, uh, South Carolina Criminal Justice Academy, and then I also went to the South Carolina Fire Academy. Uh, so Will Duell had it um, uh, in Orangeburg. But I always love that place. Every chance I get, I get to shout them out. Uh, a lot of my followers uh, work at Orangeburg still, and some are still friends. Uh, and yeah, I still have a deep love for Orangeburg Public Safety. And then a couple of years, I stayed there about two and a half years, close to three years, and, went, and I left and went to the state patrol, um, South Carolina Highway Patrol. And that was, a, that was another fun time, you know, you know, chasing down the drugs on the interstate and, 
you know, a member of our CERT team. And um, I was fortunate enough to be, you know, one of the guys on the escort team for the South Carolina State football team. So I got to sit on the sidelines at the game. Um, and then just a lot of different things were, were going on at the time. Um, you know, I made a transition from from um, the state patrol and went to uh, U.S. Department of Justice and worked there. I, that actually did contract work uh, there where I was ahead of their, their SWAT team and, you know, did some other stuff um, on the contract side of the house. And then um, I'll end up being a project manager uh, at the executive office of the president and then transitioned back into federal law enforcement. And so um, that's kind of a snapshot, you know, and I accelerate this because this is not my resume. I'm not trying to like get a job <laughs> on it, but it, I, it, I don't want to bore you with my, you know, my, my resume, but long story short, went fed, uh, went to our canine program, uh, ended up getting promoted through the ranks uh, as a sergeant. Then I got promoted to lieutenant, uh, so a tour commander and then uh, transition into the role that I'm in now, uh, which I got promoted to captain, but uh, I had to choose between the current work role I'm in, uh, which I won't get too, too much in detail, but uh, in the captain's position, but uh, I had to take the position I am now for advancement. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, you've done a lot of things. You've done a lot of things. And so, um, you know, that's what I love so much about your music is, is you talk a lot about that. You talk a lot about you and, um, you know, your, your experiences and stuff. And I love that. And so how did you, so like one thing, you know, okay. I love your music. I think we all know that. I think I've said it a million times, but I'm going to stand behind that. Cause I really do. And I feel like you're just so talented. Um, I think I personally believe you need to be famous. I think you're on, you know, Nicki Minaj's level and Nicki's my girl <laughs> and you know how I feel about her. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and sheep dogs, I was telling, so I, I was telling one time we were having a conversation and, and so I am like, I love rap. Like it's just something I just love it. And I, and I, you know, and I, I just love it and I study it and I listen to it. And I actually, I, you know, when somebody has like amazing, like, um, lyrics and they just make so much sense and I, but they say them and they can spit them in such an eloquent, like eloquently way, you know, like we go back and we think about like Eminem, like he can say things like, how did you just say that? I don't even know how you put those words together and they make sense, but, and they rhyme and like, what the hell? Right. So anyways, and so I was telling one time, like when you go and you listen to his music, I was telling him, I'm like, you've got bars on bars on bars, man. Like you're the same way. And so <laughs> sheepdogs, you've got to go check out his music. Um, you can find him anywhere at one time music. I listen to him on um, Apple music, but you're also on Spotify, right? Spotify, Amazon, it's, you know, Napster, you know, Napster is still out. No, uh, I didn't know that. Yes, that's, uh, that's like back in the day shit. That's like back in the day, <laughs> like Napster, like I get the reports and I'm like, they still have that stuff around? Damn. Uh, but like anywhere, it, you should be able to find, uh, find my music, yeah. But, but the cool thing about you and, and why is, you, you know, you're talking about my life. You're sitting here and you're talking about like one of my favorite, the first song of yours I ever heard was Baptized in Blue. And I'm just <laughs> like, damn, like, how does he know my life? And like, and what I love is you've taken your career, obviously, and, but you've rapped about it and, and you're talking yeah. about it. And it's like, 
I don't know. And so for any law enforcement officer, any first responder, because you were a firefighter, you did the dual thing. Yep. So you were a cop and a firefighter. So yep. shout out to our FD guys and we'll girls. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, you, you're bringing that into our cruisers with us, right? Into our cars yeah. with us. So I usually sit, and, and we were talking about this, I usually sit in my patrol car and like wrap to like 50 cents, some Nikki, you know what I mean? And I'm like, right. but what's cool is I can sit and put you on and I'm like, it's like, it just, it fits a little better. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's, <laughs> that's really where it started. Like when, when, when the idea, because I did like hip hop stuff all through high school. I, I've, I've been fortunate enough to be around some like big producers that are producing for guys like T.I., Young Jeezy. I've been in a lab with these guys and, and wow. I grew up in a, in a, an environment, a community that has produced your outcasts. Like I remember outcasts coming into my apartments to pick up CeeLo Green who lived in my apartments. Wow. Like, um, you know, TLC, went to my high school, uh, Tiny from SWV, T. Oh, I, you know, that's T.I.'s wife, went to my high school. Um, um, you know, like I said, Outcast went to my high school. Like, like Tri-Cities High School in East Point, Georgia has produced a lot of um, talent in East Point in general. You know, like guys like Young Thug and all these guys grew up in that area. And, and so I just feel like, you know, I embodied that and took that with me and I wanted to make music, but I, you know, as I grew older and I got into law enforcement, I said, look, I want to make something that represents what I do. Mm. And I grew up in an era where, you know, you rapped about like what you were doing. Like it wasn't all this fake rap stuff where you can, you know, just say Lord knows what, mm. Like you had to have some accountability to the words that you were saying. Mm. And so I said, look, I'm a police officer. Like, I need to rap about what I'm doing and seeing and maybe, maybe somebody will hear it and jam to it because I didn't want to let what people, what I was listening to didn't represent what I was. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I say, you know what? And take in mind, this is, this is in like, I got in 2005. I think I wrote the first song like, um, in like 2006 and put it on MySpace, right? Yeah. Right, this is a long time ago, and I wrote the entire Respect the Shield album during that time period. I just, as we know, law enforcement, they don't get paid much, and mm -hmm. uh, that's a whole nother argument, but I just couldn't afford to go to a studio. But then what studio could I, I go to that the people running it weren't going to look at me like I was crazy mm. about the stuff I was talking about? So I sat on Respect the Shield for maybe you know three years wow um before i even got to a place where i felt comfortable with going to the studio and recording um mm. because a little known fact when i was policing in orangeburg south carolina and shout out to those the troopers and the, the the city cops and county deputies you know when i was policing there they had one of the highest uh, crime rates per capita in the u.s mm. you know and so Lord knows I wasn't about to step in nobody's studio because it, it was times I was at the local Walmart and, you know, I would see two or three people I had just locked up that last week, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, I just wasn't going to go in a place where I just felt, you know, I was going to put myself in a situation where it was going to be compromising. But uh, back to the music, 
you know, sitting in the fire station when we used to rotate, you know, on days, we'll have Panama schedules. So you might get a day or two where you're working in the actual fire station. I would, you know, it's a lot of downtime. And it wasn't like a traditional fire, you know, department where you had a whole crew. Mm-hmm. Like you was the only guy manning the station. Wow. And it was your job to take the fire truck to the fire scene and the guys on the street would meet you at the actual, uh, the, the fire call, if it was a structural fire, whatever, whatever fire call it was in their patrol vehicle. So and during that downtime, I would write, you know, music and what I would see and experience like firsthand, mm-hmm. you know, what I was seeing and experiencing and not even what I was experiencing, what I felt like law enforcement officers would want to like felt mm-hmm. like my music is a lot, was a lot more aggressive too back then. I think with respect to shit, I actually cursed a couple of times. I think literally a couple of times, but the emotion in the album wasn't kind and friendly. It was more of a hit that first, you know, I guess us against them kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. Like it was like the, I was coming from the NWA mentality. Like they were saying F the police. And I was like, you know what? Well, F you too. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's how I've always written my music is to say, you know what? You talk about us. Well, let, 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 let me talk about you. Yeah. Let, me give, let me give my brothers and sisters in blue something to stand behind and mm. that they can chant back, yes. you know, versus some of the shenanigans that you're, you have to endure while listening to the radio, you know, on night mm-hmm. shift, and they're playing the same songs over and over and over again. Yes. Now, mm-hmm. when I was on the streets, like, we didn't have, like, CD players, and like, you had to get, like, an FM transmitter and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You didn't have the auxiliary ports. <laughs> And all that stuff like that. So you was at the mercy of whatever was on your local radio station mm-hmm. um, on night shift. And it was just murderous, you know, so. And that's a fun fact that I, I, you know, I want everybody to know is that you don't even swear and you're in what you write. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I feel bad. Cause you know, I'll give you an example. Uh, not this past police week, uh, last year, year before last, I had an actual vendors booth and you know, the people that were coming to my booth were like kids. And I had parents, you know, law enforcement officer parents that were like, look, we love your music because we can, we can allow our kids to listen to it. Mm-hmm. And like more, you know, more so than anything, I know I have a good follow, a, a fanship, a followership that is young, that are young, that are, you know, middle school, high school age kids mm-hmm. that are, you know, their parents don't want to listen to that nonsense. And I take pride in the fact that my kids can listen to it and, uh, you know, and be good. Mm-hmm. I love it. Especially because every other word out of my mouth is usually the F word. So, <laughs> <laughs> so no, I love that. I love that about, you know, I don't know. So I, and, and that just adds to it though, right? I think it just adds to your talent because there's a lot of rappers, there's a lot of musicians and that's all they do is swear. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, that's uh, and and it's no thought. It's no thought process into um, into the lyrics. Like it takes a lot. And I think my dad, you know, used to tell me like, "Look, son, like cursing just really shows your lack of vocabulary. <laughs> you know, and, uh, like, you yeah. can't you can't find another way to express yourself." Now, then, please don't, don't take this as I don't have a potty mouth at times. I feel like I curse way more when I'm not, you know, you know, writing music. 
Mm. Uh, however, I think when, when you're dealing with rap music, mm -hmm. right, I think I have a duty to say, look, guys, I know you like rap. I, I know as many, it's a lot of people that love rap music. They just don't like what it represents. Mm -hmm. And so I'm in a position where when they do listen to my music, I have a duty and responsibility to expose them to what rap can be. Well, yes, exactly. And, and here's the thing. This is one thing I want to say is that I, I, you know, like I said in the beginning, I love rap. I love music. It moves me in a way that, you know, like, so, you know, I don't even know if I told you this one time, but so I, I've been a competitor in the martial arts since I've been young. I, okay. I would compete all over and I would compete with like top people. Okay. And mm -hmm. how I would get pumped up, right. Is music. And that would put me in this, in this state of mind. Right. But right. the thing is, and so like, it's always moved me. And I know there's so many people that feel just like me, but the problem is, is as, as a cop, right. Sometimes, well, not sometimes, a lot of times exactly what the music is standing for. I can't be sitting here going, I'm a trap queen. Right. <laughs> <'Cause> I'm, <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> <You're> not. <laughs> you know, but but what your stuff does and what I, what I enjoy and obviously what you're putting forth and it's your, you know, you're doing it on purpose is you are giving me like, I can still be a badass and I can still be my own yes. Nicki Minaj, but, yep. but I'm actually talking about you. You were talking about my life. You know, um, one of my, one of my favorite songs you have, and uh, it will be highlighted on this song. So sheepdogs listen is one of my favorite songs of yours is it's been a go. Right. And, and you're just talking about, you know, going to the range and, and going, you know, and writing warrants and going to the courthouse and mm -hmm. you're just being prepared. And then you're just saying it's been a go, like freaking yeah, like this is my life. Like, holy shit, this has been a week, you know, or it's been a yeah. life or a month. And, and it's so relatable. And for, for us, especially like working night shifts and stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's such a lifesaver because it's, I'm sitting here like he gets me, someone gets me. Right. You and know? when you, and when you, like, for me, like, I went through a school with the South Carolina Highway Patrol, which is aggress aggressive criminal enforcement school. So it's essentially a, a drug and addiction school. That was okay. my thing. Like, I loved, you know, trying to chase down the bad guys and get, you know, dope off the streets and all that good stuff. And, you know, like, specifically Ben Go is just really just talking about, you know, basic interdiction you know, stuff, especially second verse, you know, get the car pulled over, you got a passenger driver, you know, you separate the driver. These are basic law enforcement tactics. You yes. separate the drivers, you interview one, you interview the other, mm -hmm. you know, come back, interview them, you know, ask the you same question. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You ask same questions, see if it's any conflicting stories. Okay, it is. Something's not right, you know. We know we can get free air act. We can have a canine go around the vehicle. If we see any change in behavior, you know, that's going to give a probable cause. And so time out. My husband, he's a canine handler. When he heard that lyric, he, he like jumped through, like he was so sick. He's like, <laughs> he just said canine. And so then he gets on Snapchat and he like, he like records it. And then he sent it out to all of his um, oh, canine awesome. buddies. He's like, look, look, this guy's listen, listen, listen. And like, everybody's like, oh, that's so sick. Like yeah. canine, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I know, cause I mean, I, I didn't do the, or later in life, I didn't do the uh, interdiction with uh, dogs, but some of the same case laws applies with explosives. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I just want to, like, I wanted to walk people through, like, 
that's real. Like that's case law. Like, you know, you got, you know, things that are applicable. Like these are things that we actually do yes. Yes. and it's real life. And I think what I want to do is try my best and I'm an artist too. So I may not go through everything that I may write, mm-hmm. but somebody will, like yeah. somebody has, yes. somebody is going through. And I think, you know, what I try to do is capture what they may be going through also. And I can use my ability to see what my peers have gone through, mm-hmm. whatever I've gone through, or some, you know, stories I may have heard and construct them in a manner that, you know, over a beat and rap mm-hmm. to it, that it may impact somebody. Yes. And so would you say, okay, so you said that you started, you started doing this like when you were younger, which I want to circle back around to that. So what the hell is in the water at that high school? Like, what are they putting in the water where they have like all these successful, like massively successful people? It was just different. Like, got to remember in Atlanta specifically, like, um, we accepted all music, right? Um, In the 90s, we didn't have our own like music per se like we had some in we had local artists but we was on a, the the uncle luke fast booty shaking music kind of stuff and uh, we didn't really have an id in hip-hop music until outcast really came along mm-hmm. and, and and some people can argue like look who came first or what was you know i'm not i grew up on outcast mm-hmm. and um but i also grew up on dr dre and all that mm-hmm. everybody's music came through Atlanta, everybody's, you know, really? from Texas, Scarf, you know, Scarface in Texas, you had West Coast music, you had your Tupac, you had your big, everything, you had your Miami music, you had uh, Tennessee, like the blues, like all yes. that stuff with like 8-Ball MJG from Tennessee, you had 3-6 Mafia, all of that kind of bundled up in Atlanta. That's where it yep. ended up. And so then when you see, you know, because we accepted everybody, you remember, like, in New York, they didn't accept the West Coast sound. Yes. West Coast didn't really want to accept New York sound. Mm-hmm. Atlanta was like, yeah, we taking everything, right? And I think that's what really, you know, for artists now, like, they, they, you know, the futures of the world that, that are around our age group, that grew up in that kind of, we're going to take all this music and create our own. That's kind of where we are now. And I think that's why you, you see a lot of people blowing up in Atlanta. Uh, because we we took that and made our own sound from it and I think that's why music has landed in Atlanta and been there so long now yeah yeah did, did you ever so one of my favorite songs <laughs> you probably didn't know it was going to turn into this but it is it's no, just it's because I love I just I love the shit I love talking about it so much did you ever listen to or did you ever know of is Jermaine Dupree from Atlanta no actually Jermaine Dupree isn't from Atlanta he, he moved into Atlanta um but man what a great songwriter you know yeah. i think he's actually been inducted maybe is he in the songwriter hall of fame with jay-z i think him and jay-z got inducted at the same time i know yeah, jermaine's like behind a lot of good good oh songs. man you know yeah. bow wow you know his whole career is based on that crisscross i remember sneaking into the woods uh, asking my parent dad can i change my pants inside you know backwards you know mm-hmm. crisscross he was like nope i went nope. to the woods changed them joints up <laughs> went to school and changed her back before I got home. But it's so funny. Um, but yeah, Jermaine Dupri is a you know super super talented writer. Doesn't give you know, enough respect. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Um, 
you know, would you say now, would you say that this has helped you, you know, as far as the job, you know, you've done a lot of things. I think that you've seen a lot of things and, you know, would you say that this has helped you in your mental, like, I I don't want to say mental health, but it's, that's what it is. Like, is rapping like your outlet or like making music, like writing, like talk to me about that. Yeah. um, I think everybody with a, a job that is so high stressed, they need some form of outlet. Uh, they need some way to blow off steam. Yeah. And I think if, you know, for your listeners, if they just took a moment and closed their eyes and thought about that one guy on a job that nothing ever seems to really bother them, him or her. Yeah. Like, man, they always just in, in the groove or something. I guarantee, almost guarantee that that person is doing something outside of work. Yeah. Like, like first off, just live it. Right. They're like, look, they may ride motorcycles. They may go to the range. They may uh, do fitness. They may run. They may write. That person always has an outlet to blow steam Mm -hmm. because they found a way to live outside of the job. Yes. And what we what what many when they get in, when I'm fortunate to go in such a young, vulnerable age at 21 right? Like 21, mm-hmm. you're still wet behind the ears. Mm-hmm. Like I was just like, look, lock everybody up and we'll deal with it later. Like, mm-hmm. or, you know, like I, nothing really stressed me too much. You know, you, after, I, think I, I think I cried like after seeing my like first homicide. Like I was like, yo, humans, like, like this crazy? Like, like that impacted me because I was like, I really didn't know how evil people could be, right? Yep. Like, mm-hmm. but I still had an outlet to be able to express that right and you can hear most of my my sorrows or complaints in my lyrics i can go back and write it down and that was my outlet so it helped me stay mentally sharp uh when i wasn't at work and i found out like you know family was my thing like being being around my family and being off or going to the gym i I had a way to 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 escape away from job, the job. So it really had help. Music has really been an outlet. Yeah. I think, would you think, do you think that everybody needs that? Hell yeah. Absolutely. Abs- absolutely. Because you know, on the other side, like if you look at the people that have something to go to, right? The, the jovial, vivacious co-worker that's like nothing ever gets to them mm-hmm. look on the other end of that spectrum the person that doesn't the one that has they're single you know not saying it's just single people but uh they're single or you know they can't talk to their spouse right they're, they're in this they're in this vacuum so everything they see those emotions mm-hmm. those concerns those complaints everything that they're dealing with in 12 hours or eight hours or 10 hours they're taking home and they have nowhere to to let it out. So you mm-hmm. know what they do? They look to the bottle, and they drink, or they you know take prescription pills, or yep. you know they eat. You yes. know, let's not you know they. It's true. A whole bunch, of, a whole bunch of different ways, and they go. They th- those are the outlets that they're not really letting go to that negative energy. Mm. They're, they're holding it in, and they're finding ways to cope. Mm-hmm. And and most of the times when they cope is something you know super negative and um, unfortunately that drives depression. Yes. Uh, right. Like it's like this never ending thing where like 
drinking is causing issues maybe with your spouse because they're like, you're drinking too much. And they're like, well, no, you don't understand why. And they don't even understand themselves. Or um, if, if you live alone, and, and again, I, I'll say that instead of single, because if you live alone, it's, it's compounded because you're alone. Yep. Nobody gets, your family doesn't get what you're going through. No. Uh, people, even your own pam, family at times doesn't, they don't truly don't, they don't get no. it. No. They don't get what you're going through and dealing with. Mm-hmm. They look at the, the, the media and they paint a picture based on the perception of what the media puts out. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, that's very controlled. And they they put out what they want you to see. And most of the time it's negative. Yes. I don't give a damn what network, you know, what it is. Most of the time they pay the picture outside of again, I'm not, you know, outside of Fox because they mm-hmm. have been consistent for law enforcement. Right? Yeah. Uh, but outside of that, you're going to get a negative depiction of law enforcement. So family doesn't get it. So they're stuck dealing with their woes and concerns alone yeah. Yeah. and unfortunate fortunate for you like fortunate we have people like you that are that are creating a platform for for law enforcement officers you know to talk to somebody mm-hmm. a real person that can understand them mm-hmm. um but i don't think the law enforcement community is taking mental health uh uh, serious enough. Agreed. I don't. Th- I don't think. I don't think we're putting enough resources into mental health within the departments. Yes. Uh, I think that should be. You know. I think that should be a part of the job. I think that it should be a part of any organizational structures to have a somebody that officers can talk to, but, and that you won't use that information against them later. Agreed. You know, I know. So- and it's hard, you know, it's, it's hard. Like you said, it's hard because who the hell we don't trust. I mean, we, we don't trust anybody and, and it's hard to even trust other cops. I mean, it just is, especially the True. ones you work with. Like, let's True. just, you know, you know, you said something and I want to circle back around to it. And you said, um, back when, uh, about 10 minutes ago and you just said, you know, because I, you're like that rapping helped you become more than the job or writing music. Right. Because right. Would you agree? So would you agree? And you also said that you were an artist and I love, like, I love that. Like, I know we hear it like, Oh, you know, hip hop artist, Right. But when you think about what that actually means, it means that you're more than, you know, just a law enforcement officer, just a firefighter, just an EMT corrections officer. Right. Like I, I think, and I want to hear what your opinion is one time, but like my, 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 you know, I stand on this is, we lose ourselves to the job. We just become the job and that is all we become. That's it. 100%. And then that is when our mental health goes right down the toilet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Now you got to remember like a lot of people, this is it for them. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Like a lot of people, um, they, they probably weren't athletes. They didn't have that athletic thing going on. Right. Yeah. So they weren't athletes. Uh, they, they weren't the, they didn't get any senior superlatives when they graduated. Right. Yeah. Like you have all these other, you know, human factors in there. So when they found law enforcement, that became them. Mm. Right. And mm-hmm. I think when you have that, you're already at a disadvantage mm-hmm. because you know nothing else. Now it's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Right? It's nothing wrong with that. 
but you do have in order to find balance yeah you need to find something else hunting you know you know look at things within law enforcement that you can do you know like bike patrol right mm. other special units that can you can apply those skills outside of work yes and i think people don't people just don't in, intuitively do that mm-hmm. they need help they need they need veteran officers to say look look man i see i noticed this is all you're doing look, yeah let's you're you're pretty good at shooting how about you know let's join the local gun club and do some gun competition some shooting competition yeah yeah um, you know do you like to hunt let's go hunt or you know it doesn't have to be nothing like that hey let's go bowling let's join a bowling league yeah yeah like just something. Um, just something, because um, I think I got, and I, again, I can speak from experience, because when I became a law enforcement officer, look, I didn't care about nothing else. Nothing else in the world mattered, but law enforcement, period. Yeah. Policing, uh, you know, I was, you know, I carried my gun 24, and I still do, but you know, you carry a gun everywhere. You have your police shirt on. Like, mm-hmm. I am the police. Don't mess with me. I'll, you know, yeah. lock you up. You know, I had mm-hmm. everything, you know, everything I was flagging. Like, I was flagging everywhere. Yeah, huh? So, and then you um, get a little older and you stop doing that shit. <laughs> right. You know, because, you know, I was young, but I was proud of it. You know, I was just yeah. proud. Like, I was part of a brotherhood, sisterhood that, um, that, you know, nobody else was a part of. I earned mm-hmm. my stripes. You know, I, you know, I, at that point, I had, you know, went through a couple of academies at the time. Like, couldn't tell me nothing. But mm-hmm. then reality sunk in. Like, okay, um, I remember my police chief. Um, yeah, and I tell you this quick story. Like, I was gonna leave the department. Like, I was like, look, man, I'm getting paid twenty three thousand five hundred dollars. That was my salary coming in wow. in two thousand five was dual headed and I take in mind I wasn't even thinking about like the fact that we were dual headed. Mm-hmm. It was just like look, I have the most, you know, arrest at the department, most ticket citations at the department. I'm killing it. Um I'm like, but y'all told me I was gonna get like a little raise when, you know, once I hit my, you know, certain benchmarks. And it, it never happened. And, you know, as you know, families start growing I was having kids. I'm like, man, it's it's. I'm struggling right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, look, I got to go put meat on the table. So, mm-hmm. um, the police chief, I went to turn my resignation in, and he said, look, let's sit down. Uh, Wendell Davis. He said, look, this is the only job that you will be able to, you know, when you clock on, you say, you know, I want to go pay a bill. You can go pay a bill. He said, if you want to take an early lunch, you can take an early lunch. If you want to go left, you can go left. If you want to go right, you can go right. He said, if you want to go home and check on your family, go on your tour of duty, absolutely can. Mm-hmm. He said, now, if you go over to that plant, he said, you're going to have to stand at that plant for 30 years, pressing the same button. He said, you're going to have to break when they tell you to break. He said, uh, if emergency happens at your house, so be it. You better figure out, you know, what you're going to do because you can't leave there. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, and he said, what other job? Will you have the freedom and the power and responsibility that no other person can have? You can take somebody's freedom. Mm -hmm. He said, in no other profession do you have that power. I was like, 
Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. you're right. So, you know, we I pulled my, uh, my resignation. They gave me the raise, you know, my raise and all that good stuff. And we was, we was back on board. But, you know, I say that, like, this is a lot of power in the job. That you can take somebody's freedom. You can mm-hmm. take somebody's life. If you meet Fourth Amendment standards and, and all that stuff. And like, what other job do you have that much power? Right. And with that power comes a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I agree. I couldn't agree more. And I, I think it's a precarious thing and I think it's a balance. But I just, yeah. again, what you're doing and what you're putting out there for us, it's, it, it's making a difference. We've had some conversations and you've had some people reach out to you and tell you that, huh? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think we, we've talked before and I said, look, at times, you know, you want to be like that super popular person. And I can't help because I am a human just like you or anybody else. That when I look at my followers and I say I got, you know, a couple of thousand followers and everybody else is sitting on a half a million followers. And I'm like, am I not good enough? Are you not hearing what I'm saying? Right, like, right. Is my message not good? It's not even about the numbers. It's about what police officer, I believe every police officer in America should be should listen to be listening to my music period i Not couldn't agree I more out. but it's i believe i have a message that speaks specifically to them and you know those times i was like you know what i'm i'm done with this i'm hanging it up you know it costs so much money to put a project out and i don't think people realize you know how much it, it, it costs a couple, a couple of thousand dollars to put a project out, a few thousand dollars to put, not a few hundred, but a few thousand to put a project out. And, you know, again, if people are not listening, well, that project isn't going to get, you know, pay for itself basically. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I do this all on my own. So uh, I told my wife, like, I can't do it. And I got a message one day. I get, now take in mind, I got a couple of messages, but I got one particular message where a guy was like, look, man, like your music really taught me off the edge. Like, you know, I had went through, a, he went through an officer involved shooting and uh, he ended up having to, you know, take somebody's life, uh, nearly lost his and, you know, luckily recovered. But it was one of those scenarios where it's like, man, like my music impacted you to that, that point that, you know, kind of talked you off the ledge, you know, through the, got you through depression Mm-hmm. and you're you're driving forward now then i said you know what if one person listens to it and if i can change one person's life yes then it's worth every it's worth every single penny that i put into an hour the money and time that i put into make a project because uh, that's what it's about and that's why i started making the music not for the money you know i'm doing it for to impact people in their lives and it it shows and you know just just a couple of things you know is i i couldn't agree more you know i have a podcast and it's by no means the number one you know law enforcement podcast not yet (laughs) one day i promise one day it will be but you know so i know what it's like to be standing on a platform and you're doing it for the greater good you're doing it like 
There's nothing, there's nothing that I put out. I, I made a post about this the other day. There's nothing that I put out that's all about me. If you go look at my Instagram, there's nothing on my Facebook. I mean, there's nothing that is all about me. Of course, there's pictures of me because it's my profile. But, <laughs> you know, if you go and you look at the message and you look at what I'm doing, what I'm saying, it's not about me. And you're doing the same thing. It's not about you. You're doing it for the greater good. And, and here's the message that I want. I really want Sheepdog Nation. I want you to hear this is that when you can become full of service, right? You, you it, it's this deep passion, right? Like one time I want to hear what you have to say about this, but I just really feel like for me, I keep, I mean, this podcast is two years old. I mean, I've been doing this for a minute, right? You too. And like, the thing is, is, you know, it's very easy if I wasn't doing it because it's what fulfills me and I wasn't motivated by just helping that one person, just one. If I was truly motivated by the numbers and the external like gratification and all that shit, I wouldn't be here doing this because I don't right. get a pat on the ass every time <laughs> right. I turn around. You know what I mean? Right. Right. It, it, and, and so, I mean, would you agree that that's probably what you've gone through too? Yeah. Um, again, I'm not looking at, if you look at my kind of same position as you, I, I'm not like overly posting stuff. Um, I post my opinions about uh, different topics I post my family um, and all that. You know, you can talk about algorithms and what people want to see and all that. I don't care about all that stuff. Like, um, I'm posting who I am. And before anybody can buy, you know, into anything, they have to like you, know you and all that, the authentic you. Mm -hmm. And like you, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this for followership. Never did. I, I wasn't doing it because I wanting to make money off the rap game, you know, like some of right. these young folks. I'm not doing it because of that. I'm doing it because I can impact people. Yeah. And the best way to impact people, you know, at times is through music. It's, it's through, you know, getting the, gaining their ear and gaining mm. their confidence mm -hmm. and speaking to the soul of that person, yeah. the emotions of that person. Like, I'm hoping that in lieu of my, I mean, I have the, the, the best, po you know, uh, Instagram account or, Facebook account. I'm not trying to, like, that's right. not my goal. Right? right. My goal is to make good music period. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think once people can get behind, you know, get over the facade of that, like I had to, I had to, I had, I had to myself get over the facade of the number. Mm -hmm. Okay. N numbers can lie, right? Data can lie. Yes. Um, and that doesn't tell you the whole of what you're doing. Right. And I think, I think for both of us, it's, I think we have people that are listening to us that we are impacting. Mm -hmm. And in turn, it's a grassroots campaign. I always say that. I've been doing this. I released Respect Shield 2009. First cop to ever make a 100% dedicated law enforcement album in the history of, you know, you know our, our nation, period. Wow. You know, George Washington ain't do this, right? <laughs> right? Nobody was making like, hundred percent. They weren't thinking about law enforcement albums. Mm -hmm. I made the first dedicated hip hop album to law enforcement. Like I'm not, I'm not looking for, but I didn't do it looking for kudos. I did it because I wanted to speak to my brothers and sisters and give yeah. them something to listen to while they was on the patrol. So, absolutely. Um, and for everybody listening to us, like this is no, by no means, no pity party on it. Really. I can give two hells if anybody listening to my music or not, because I'm not making it for, That's I'm right. not making it, I'm not making it for everybody else. I want, you know, law enforcement, patriots, true Americans, uh, people that love their country, yes. people that love service ship, 
uh, people that need a mental release from the bull stuff that's out there, you know, to listen. I'm not making it for no other reasons. I'm just making it for you. So don't get this, this little segment right here as a pity party for neither one of us, because I don't think we're looking for it. We don't, we're not looking for that, but we definitely want to express that we're putting a lot of work out mm. uh, in with the, 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 the podcast, between the podcast and the music to be able to support you that's on the roads, that's dealing with the nonsense on the streets, that's dealing with the, the people that hate you for no reason, that deals mm-hmm. with the, the mental health issues that nobody else can get but, you know, uh, brothers and sisters like us, yes. right? That's why yes. we do this. Absolutely. And I, but I also think, and I want to underline that, is, but I think that because we're doing it for the, for the right reasons and because it f- fulfills us, I think that it makes us happy, right? Like for oh, me- yeah. For me, Definitely. this is my outlet. Like I started yeah. this to get on here and vent and bitch. I mean, you go, you know, well, it's, it's, it's funny because you talk yeah. about your first, your first album you dropped, right? And how when yeah. you were, when everyone was like, F the police, you're like, yeah, well, F you too. Well, Damn if right. you, you go listen to my first season, that's, I'm like, F you admin, F you bitches who think you're cops and you're not. Like, and I'm like, and I just, I just gave it right to everybody. Right. And, and, yeah. and but that was that helped me it has helped me so much and but because it's helped me it's helped so many people and for you you're the same way and so i just you know i just want to underline to anybody listening like when you can do something that you love doing but not for the pat on the ass that's really when you're going to succeed now and what i mean by succeed is you're going to be happy and you're going to be fulfilled i'm not saying you're going to be number one or anything like that i mean i think that comes I think that comes after consistency, years of consistency. And I think that, right. you know, but I, I, I just think that, and, and that's what I love about you. But what I also do is that you, this is, and this is the thing, you're a cop who makes music and the music is actually friggin' good. It's not, <laughs> it's not like here I am trying really hard. It's here I am. And it's just flowing out of your mouth. And and it's just, it's really good. So sheepdogs, you're going to be able to, all the links are going to be uh, below here in the show notes, show notes. You can go look one time music, go look them up on Instagram, go follow them. Um, Apple music, Spotify, Napster, YouTube, anywhere, go <laughs> check out his music. Um, and after this, there's going to be a, um, uh, right after this, there's going to be one of his songs and it's called, it's been a go. And um, it's my favorite and it's also it's my favorite well I, I have a lot of his favorites or my song favorite songs baptized in blue is my number one i fell in love with but uh the the reason why i love this this song so much is um this is my favorite part and i put it on repeat and is um it, it it's uh i'm sheepdog and a mask and it takes a wolf to catch a wolf and i'm hungry for the catch yes. and i'm like when you said that i i literally like flew right out of my window in my car i'm like Oh, like I'm like my husband was sitting next yeah. to me and he's like, shit, that's good. And I'm like freaking out. I'm like, <laughs> rewind, rewind. I need to listen to that. That was fucking awesome. Yeah. He gets me. He gets me. <laughs> yes, it is. It is so, good. But uh, uh, people got, you know, and just a quick note about their lyric. I, I, every lyric, you know, I think, you know, think deep. And if you think about us as sheep dog, uh, you know, you think about what the sheep dog protects the sheep, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's just, that's their job. But, you know, when you're, when you're a go-getter, I mean, you think about, when we talk about interdiction, you're not, you're not just protecting the sheep. You're going to get the wolves. Going to get right? it. Right. You got to right. go get it. But, and, and a good investigator will tell you, yeah. like, 
in order to catch a criminal, in order to catch a terrorist, in, in, in order to catch uh, a narcos, any, you know, in order to be catch them, you have to become that, right? Yes. Right. And so <laughs> it takes a wolf to go out. You got to think, you got to become what you're trying to catch mm-hmm. in order to get the wolves. Now you can protect. It's again, I think it's two kind of police officers, right? You got the sheepdog, right? They're going to answer your calls and they're going to, they're going to clear the, they're going to clear the cat out for the calls and they're going to, you know, write the look, you're going to write some tickets and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. they'll write tickets there. They're, they're following line with what you're supposed to do in protecting and serving. But mm-hmm. you've got another group. Yes. And I think I, I'm, I'm in another group. I'm a go-getter. I want to, who has the dope? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I'm going a little bit further on the traffic stop. Yeah. Just writing a ticket. Where are you going? Who was there in the passenger seat? You know, would you mind stepping out the car? Let's, let's talk a little bit. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm the guy, you know, I'm going an extra mile to find the wolf. I'm not, I'm not just, I'm not just, I'm not just doing the job. I'm not just answering the calls. When we answer between calls, I'm writing tickets, you know, I'm out on yep. foot patrol. I'm interviewing people. I'm, I'm doing my FI cards. I'm, you know, I'm doing all that good stuff. So I think those, it's two different classes. You got sheep dogs and you got, you got that, you know, you got the sheep dog with the wolf mash, you know. That's right. That's right. So. And, and, you know, it's, no, it's beautiful. And that's so funny because, um, I was just talking to a buddy of mine. He's he's a um, retired Miami Miami cop, and we were just talking about that the best cops are borderline. They're borderline. Like I can tell you, my my history before I was a cop. I'm not Lily White. Hell no. I've I've done some stuff, you know. But that's what makes that would. But you know, I mean, it's borderline, right? You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right. and kill anybody. But I mean, I did some stupid shit, but you know what? Because I did that stupid shit, I'm on the road and I can relate to these people. You, you and I had this conversation. I can have a oh, conversation man. with somebody and, and you know, and, and listen, like I, I didn't grow up in the hood, didn't grow up on the streets, but here's what I can tell you. I patrolled where I patrolled was we had that, we have, we had some stuff and, but because I could relate and I just talked to them the way they talked to me, I mirrored, reflected it. And you learn that. You learn that when you yes. have to survive in some sketchy fucking areas. You, Damn right. That's right. You learn that, right? And so- You got to adapt. That's right. And, and so I'm just saying, like you just said, the best, in my opinion, sheepdogs are the ones with the wolf mask. I mean, because yep. we come from the shit. You got to, uh, and I think that's one thing, if I had to tell like young officers in the streets, like now, like, look, that, that badge is a, it's a symbol of service. Right. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you got to respect me. It's a symbol of service. Respect is still mutual on the street. Like mm-hmm. it's still a street code. Like cops, you're in the streets. Like that's what you do for a living. You know, when guys talk, you know, you know, the guys in hip hop culture, are these young, young thugs or, you know, ultra rednecks, they are, they, they in the streets too. Right. You mm-hmm. with them. Yeah. You with them. So that means you have to be able to, 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 you know, adopt, to the street codes and understand how people maneuver in the streets. You got to understand people. Mm-hmm. Law enforcement is a common sense sport. Like, you just yes. take common sense. You ain't got to have rocket science. You know, you just need to have common sense. So if you know how to treat people, give, give them what you give back, give a little respect, man, that stuff will go a long way, man. Mm-hmm. Like, Cause at the end of the day, right or wrong, good, bad, or ugly, people just want respect. Your badge 100%. and uniform, your badge and uniform don't mean they gotta respect you. 
And until cops understand that, like, and, and that, those are the ones that don't, you know, they don't get it. Right. They don't get, they, they, ain't, they don't know how to give it back and reciprocate respect. Right. Reciprocation. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's a book called thinking fast and slow. It talks about one of the principles is reciprocation. But if you reciprocate, you know, what they give you, give it that same energy. I mean, a lot of, a lot of situations you may run into may be dis- de-escalated so much. Yes. And if you give a little respect, sometimes you gotta, sometimes you gotta yield to give respect. Like, look, I ain't here to cause no drama, but you mess up. I'm not, you gotta get locked up, partner, you know? Yep. Mm-hmm. But I, I think, I think once we get to a point where we understand that, and not saying that cops are doing anything wrong, but we know there are some that are like, look, bro, you need to like tone it down a little bit. Like yes. you hadn't like the look, you hadn't like the nerd at, at school that they got picked on, and now you want to, you got a badge and uniform, you want to take advantage of it to get back at the bullies. No, don't do that. Yeah, and that's a com- that's a whole that's a that's a conversation. <laughs> that's a, that's <laughs> that a whole another com- that's a whole yes. conversation. But yep, it, but but you're right. But you're right. And so just to circle back around, so sheepdogs, go listen to uh, go listen to that. It's been a go. It's going to be right after this one time. What do you want to leave us with? Look, first off, I appreciate you. I really appreciate what you're doing. Okay. I really appreciate because I know you're reaching out to officers, you're coaching cops. And look, if you, for those who are listening, and you know somebody, um, make sure you tell them to hit up Officer Autumn, man. She's doing a great job of providing a platform for you to be able to uh, let go some of that negative energy. You just got to let it go sometimes. And you may not have the people around you to let it go to. So I really appreciate you and want to give you kudos because you're not doing, you're not doing this for, you know, the wrong reasons. You're not doing it because you want to get likes. Uh, You got a very respectful page. You're not, you know, trying to show yourself out, show yourself off to get gain followers. And we know people can go down that, that simplistic route to do it. And I, I like the fact that you're staying true to yourself true to the mission and uh, and really just doing it for, you know, the LEOs and everybody else. I mean, veterans, anybody that's real, that needs that ear and support, you're giving it to them. So thank you for what you're doing and thank you for the support. And I just want to tell Sheep Dollar Nation, man, y'all stay true to yourself. You know, you're human just like anybody else. When that badge and, that badge and gun come off, you're just like everybody else, man. And don't lose who you are. Mm. Uh, don't lose who you are uh, because of the badge and gun, but don't change who you are because of the badge and gun. If that makes sense, man, like I love y'all stay safe. And, you know, just, just, it takes a special, it takes a special person to sign up for this. So you indeed are, and just continue to do that, but just don't lose yourself. So true. So good. Thank you so much. One time sheep dogs, Just keep listening and you're going to be listening, going right into one of my favorite songs and it's called It's Been A Go. Never been a moment that I ain't ready. Watch my six, cause I know these streets deadly. Sheep dog with a wolf mask. Takes a wolf to catch a wolf, and I'm hungry for the catch. Thomas David signed for me, dog. Yeah, it's been a go. Got arrest warrants from the judge. Yeah, it's been a go. Long guns ready for the raid. Yeah, it's been a go. Yeah, it's 
enforcement is what I'm about To find a dope or find a bonsai right in your house Lay it down on the floor, put the pump in your mouth This ain't gangster rap, I'm about what I shout Flip the mattress, flip the couch for the guns and loot You make the wrong freaking move, I promise I shoot Terry Fritz for the weapons and other contraband Treat criminals the same way I treat the Taliban I'm the street landlord, I'm here to evict The dogs I roll with, with a bit to face on Michael Vick Blue blood baby, American made with grit I can't be touched with this hammer, I'm too legit it's never been the moment that I ain't ready Watch my six, cause I know these streets deadly Sheepdog with a wolf mask Takes a wolf to catch a wolf and I'm hungry for the catch David signed for me dog. Yeah, it's been a go Got arrest warrants from the judge Yeah, it's been a go Long guns ready for the raid Yeah, it's been a go Yeah, it's been a go Yeah, it's been a go David signed for me dog. Yeah, it's been a go Got arrest warrants from the judge Yeah, it's been a go Long guns ready To the turf, I look to the tape. Simple possession, marijuana, kilos to text. I can do this by myself as I patrol the interstate. Looking for them northbound, Fulton County place. When I get them on the shoulder, shorty start to shake. I can notice the trunk was loaded down with weight. Where you going? Where you coming from? And who you with? As the passenger driver, the stories don't seem legit. Inconsistencies got me thinking. And they sweating real heavy for this winter weekend. 2829, go ahead and roll another unit. Get the K9, free air act, change of behavior at the trunk. It was loaded with sacks. It's never been the moment that I ain't ready. Watch my six, cause I know these streets deadly. Sheep dog with a wolf mask. Takes a wolf to catch a wolf, and I'm hungry for the catch. David signed for me, dog. Yeah, it's been a go. Got arrest warrants from the judge. Yeah, it's been a go. Long guns ready for the raid. Yeah, it's been a go. Yeah, it's been a go. Yeah, it's been a go. David signed for me, dog. Yeah, it's been a go. Got arrest warrants from the judge. Yeah, it's been a go. Long guns ready for the raid. Yeah, it's been a go. Yeah, it's been a go. Yeah, it's been a go. David signed for me, dog. Yeah, it's been a go. Got arrest warrants from the judge. Yeah, it's been a go. Long guns ready for the raid. Yeah, it's been a go. Yeah, it's been a go. Yeah, it's been a go. David signed for me, dog. Yeah, it's been a go. Got arrest warrants from the judge. Yeah, it's been a go. Long guns ready for the raid. Yeah, it's been a go. Yeah, it's been a go.